بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. So alhamdulillah we're at session number thirty now of the seerah of our beloved Prophet Muhammad and you know although we're looking we're tracking just to remind you we're tracking two different sources here so Sheikh Yasser Qadi is at the stage where they have done hijrah and they're in Medina so he's introducing the Medina stage whereas Sheikh Abdul Nasser Jangda is still talking about the first people who accepted Islam right so inshallah still a bit way way behind Sheikh Yasser but nevertheless there's different uh, and, and different dimensions to to both speakers and uh, you know, it's, it's good to see both angles so anyone would like to share any reflections from uh, session number 30 the second part of the Medina intro. Any feedback, any comments, any reflections? I have plenty, but I'm going to let you guys speak first. Can I ask a question? How many of you did not listen to the lecture? Okay, so that explains much. Sheikh Tayyid, you want to start? There are a couple points that come to mind. Um, but I'm trying to gather my thoughts. All right, maybe you can come back to me. All right. So one thing that really stood out was the people who had weak iman and they did not want to leave Mecca in fear of losing out their wealth and their property and their families. Right. So a lot of Muslims hid their Islam, stayed behind in Mecca, and they even ended up fighting in Badr against the Muslims while hiding their faith. SubhanAllah, such a big test, yeah. and Allah obviously does not excuse them from this. Yeah. They had the option to do hijrah, but they preferred, you know, this wealth and this, they couldn't let go of their property. So what, what uh, I reflected on was this fear of loss of wealth, right? As a believer, SubhanAllah, and you know, we asked this question yesterday in the social media platforms, what are your biggest fears, right? So health, wealth, family, people. And the most recurring one was wealth, 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 wealth. Fear of, you know, not being able to make ends meet. Fear of losing your job. Fear of your business failing. It's always money, 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 subhanAllah. And this is like a, I mean, a, a worldwide concept, right? Fear of money and fear of not being able to live a lifestyle that would be comfortable and fear of poverty and so many Muslims are suffering from this now right in the world right? some of the poorest people are Muslims in the world so any thoughts on this like I mean because as believers the, the Sahaba who did do Hijrah like without even thinking they had true Iman and believed that Allah would provide them whether in Mecca or Medina Right? That's really the level you, we all need to reach at. That whether you're in this job or that business or here or somewhere else in the world, your risk was written. As Tala, I, I was, you know, reading a God, uh, something very interesting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made your risk your right. It's not an extra thing that you need to strive for, it's your right. So you should not be striving for your risk, technically. You should be striving to please Allah and fulfilling your, your vision in, in this world and and the risk comes along 
right? It's like part of the benefits of this package. But what we end up doing is focusing on our struggling to get the wealth part right. So we're, we're going in the wrong direction. Allah says, no, no, you do something to please me, money will come along. And so some of the Sahaba understood this, some didn't understand it. It's interesting. Any, any reflection on this? This fear of wealth concept? You, you, you can reflect even if you haven't read the, or listened to the... Sometimes uh, I wonder, you know, when, when I hear these stories of uh, the Sahabas migrating, they leave all their wealth and everything. Sometimes I question myself, if I was in such a situation, what would I do? So uh, I, I often think, you know, like, life is so comfortable, alhamdulillah, here. I mean, like, we are, I feel like we are barely being tested, you know, like, in the matter of health or wealth or whatever. So I feel that, you know, every one of us should always be thinking, you know, like, are we kind of the, the hypocrite kind of people who, you know, just... We, I mean, like, life is very comfortable here. There are barely any tests. So I feel, you know, like, we should, we should always uh, ask ourselves that are we ready to sacrifice for the sake of Allah? So this is something that I always uh, think about. Great reflection. For we are mostly, I always have to always be aware of that and don't be scared about that the fact that you're gonna have something or you will have some problem which is maybe temporary or something by being aware of that every day will make <coughs> you feel or accept the fact that or embrace it because I was also listening to Bokohad also about this and more recent maybe he said like maybe if we embrace that makes you much better and walk with that yeah and make uh, more, you know, get more energy from that. Do more something, you know, and transmute that energy into something positive. Because that's a fixed negative energy. It can break you down uh, very badly. You know? So it's a frustration, it's a stress. It relieves when you are aware of the stuff and you say, okay, Habibi, work with me. And you disappear. It's normal for everyone. Uh, it's my fear. I'm embracing it. I think that would be a good way from my side, which I'm trying to understand. Yeah, we have to, you know, ponder on, just think of, you know, if such situations come and uh, what will I do? And, you know, we should psychologically prepare ourselves for such situations because we don't want it to just attack us, you know, like ambush us. And then we are like heedless. <coughs> I just um, have a question. Uh, why did Prophet went last? He is the migration last. To make sure that uh, he left. Uh, yeah, there was a bit later. He to clear up all the matters. No, he, there was that Sahabi who kept on the bed, mm -hmm. but there's no. I think he didn't migrate. Was it Ali? Because of uh, the command of a big. As a leader, you should. Uh, he's also yani, leading uh, a set of people, so he was kind of uh, responsible for them. Uh, there are these converts who are new, who are more vulnerable than him. Uh, his life is a threat, but he's kind of more secure. But the, if he leaves some Muslimin behind who wanted to do hijrah, they are at very high risk. They will be yani, uh, 
there is no chance that they will be able to migrate after he is migrated. Mm -hmm. So, and you know that the, the, the circumstances he migrated was extremely tough. Yeah, I mean, uh, there were people standing outside the, his house to, uh, yeah, I mean, literally to get rid of him. So he was protected by Allah, but uh, he was responsible to the Sahaba, right? So as a leader, he took care of his uh, followers first, made sure they're safe, and then Allah will guide me to my way. So uh, one reflection uh, from Yas Rabi's lecture was uh, when he mentioned that uh, Rasulullah in Medina um, kept his uh, sermons short and kept his prayers longer. And Yas Rabi said something interesting. He said the reason why it doesn't work this way today and the sermons are a lot longer than the prayers is because no one goes to the masjid or 70% of the Muslims just pray on Fridays. Now, you know, even the 30% or, you know, even if you even assume it's that much, um, those that go to the masjid, do they get that, um, do they get the mawa'al, do they get the I don't know how, how, how would I translate Mawa'al? Um, advice. Yeah, will they get the religious advice that they're seeking? Would they be getting the knowledge that they're seeking if they went to the masjid five times a day? I don't, I don't uh, to be honest, I haven't got that. Like, when I go to the masjid, um, there is no dars, you know, five times a day. Um, and so, subhanAllah, uh, that's one of the problems in our, you know, modern communities, in our modern world, is that. Uh, the masjid is just specifically for prayers when in the past it used to be like a complete community center in which you could learn whatever you wanted to learn in that masjid well not necessarily in that specific masjid but you had different mashayikh at different times teaching different classes teaching different lessons and if you didn't like this sheikh you go to another masjid where you find another sheikh that you like instead of you know spending you know eight hours in school learning things that you don't want to learn in the first place <laughs> <laughs> the role of the masjid and you know this also brings about the point of the first one of the first thing that Rasulullah did in Medina was to establish like the uh, you know the masjid and the role of the masjid in the community the heart yeah that's the heart Allah his house there was like a curtain between him his house and the masjid and so what an amazing like system to be in imagine just being there right being part of that group who would be praying behind Rasulullah What an amazing opportunity it was. And uh, this terbiyah that they got, like, really, like literally blind faith, right? Sam'an wa You listen or you hear and you obey. No question, full trust. Full tawakkul on Allah, right? And you know, linking this to the fear of wealth, like someone like Abdullah. He leaves everything behind, goes to Medina. His partner, right, the, his brother, assigned brother, told him, I'll split everything with you. Everything. House, property, wife, even if you want, right? He said, no, just show me where the market is. This is it. He borrowed a couple of dirhams from him. Ended up being one of the wealthiest people in Medina. So that's level of tawakkul. Seriously, man. And you know, Ibn Taymiyyah actually class classifies fear 
as part of the levels of shirk, right? So yeah. Shirk is not just in in worshiping; it's also in in your heart, right? Fearing other than Allah, mm. right? And, and if we fear wealth, fear, and you know, Allah says in the Quran, "Shaytan wa aizukum al faqr." Shaytan is the one who's promising, promising you poverty. He's the one who's instilling this fear in your heart in the first place. This, this is something that. I mean, including myself, all of us need to seriously work on this. This, this is questioning our, our level of faith, man. And and it's it's weakness in al razaq right? The name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-Razzaq. In the name, He's guaranteeing your provision. So if we have doubt or fear, that is a, it's a serious problem, man. So we need to work on this more. And I don't know how we can improve this, though. Any ideas? We we'll worship our bosses and uh, your yeah. money. And you know when the prices of petrol go up, everyone gets worried. Oh, how am I gonna pay the bills? This that. <laughs> this fear is there, right? Electricity is gonna go up. Everyone's talking about it. Fear of not being able to meet the commitments. Fear of not being able to pay the bills. This is not the state of a believer, man. Where is the razak? Yeah? Is the yeah. government the razak or? Isn't that fear natural? Natural for normal people, but not for believers, right? And what's the difference between us and non-believers? We fear only displeasuring Allah. We only fear that you know, if we do some action, that will displease Allah, and that's it. Firstly, understanding the definition of the fear itself is a yeah. problem. Yeah. You remember we discussed? Yeah. I think you should share that. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, you know. This idea of fearing Allah as like a horror movie fear, <laughs> no. where you know, <laughs> scary and no, the fear. I, this, uh, I believe it's because of the shaitan. Yeah. yeah. And another s- s- interesting view of fear is fear of letting him down, right? It's mm. like we fear our our parents of not meeting their expectations, not uh, you know making them happy, not. Making them proud of us, you know that kind of fear. That you don't want to fail in your exams. You don't want to come back home with an F because you're gonna let them down, right? You're gonna be up- upset. They have expectations from you, and you're not meeting those expectations. It's that kind of fear. So it's in essence, it's, it's it's linked to love. Actually, we're supposed to love him so much that we should be ashamed to let him down. And so this fear, this khash, and actually the the word for this fear is khashya in the Quran. Which is different than the horror fear, which, you know, right? Those who disbelieve, in their hearts will be ru'b. That's the horrific fear. It's not for the believers. And believers aren't supposed to be freaking out of the day of judgment and its and the punishments of the grave. And actually, there's so many narrations and hadith of the, the, you know, the graves of the believers being a, a garden of paradise and them having a window where they would be able to look and see their place in Jannah and you know the, the ease of the day of judgment like when was the last time you read a book on the the beauty of Yom Qiyamah have you ever read a book about that but there's, there's that's another whole dimension to Yom Qiyamah that for the believers it's going to be like a walk in the park yeah. right? it's going to be a breeze and there's going to be angels and the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all this positive part of even Yom Qiyamah right day of judgment but we rarely talk about it. We, there's rarely any khutbahs on the podcast. It's small, but you just yeah. talk about the shade of Allah and then the rest is like 
Sweat all the way up to your neck, yeah. son. Yeah, you can never yeah. 50,000 years to so, so, so psychologically, fear is actually one of the worst things that you can do to yourself, right? I mean, I mean, it's destroying you health-wise, mentally, and wherever, whatever you're doing. I mean, you're always in this constant negative energy, and it's doing us no benefit. But it is, it is a type of test, isn't it, the fear? Because of the ayah, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِنَ الْخَوْفِ That's the first type of, of test. So that, yani, Allah created us with an innate nature of having fear. And that is our test. And He will throw at us مصائب. It is going to come to us. Then He said, He told us that in the next ayah, it says that what is the methodology of a mu'min of, of, of receiving the masa'id? All this is just ancillary. It's, it's just, it's just the, the way it goes. But at the end, I'm going back to Allah and He's going to take care of me. Right? So... It is an innate nature in us that we will have fear and that's where you have a test because if you are built without fear, without lust, without love, without anticipation of something, there is no test. And how will you be able to be tested <coughs> to see what is a good metal and what is a bad metal? Ahsanu amala, where is it coming? So this this internal struggle with you have with your with your fear is what Allah seeks from you. And how does He provide you for that struggle? He teaches you tawakkul, the antidote of of fear. Would like to talk about the point which you mentioned uh, is that you know like why do we like really talk about only the horrors of the day of Qiyamah? the reason for that is you know there is a whole chapter on that you know Al-Qariyah so because of that you know that's what I now I didn't know that So brother, is the problem with the shaykh? They don't discuss about this or like, I don't know, what's the problem like? I don't know, ask, ask the shaykh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, uh, like the fear, it's like, it's like a, a father teaching to a son in all kind of ways. Sometimes he's gentle to him, sometimes he's angry on him. So the Quran, if you see the levels, it goes up and down. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is showing that love which a father gives to a son. That please come to me, change the role and this and that. And sometimes he is very angry and he's teaching. 
by by an example of of previous nations. So that's how the Quran is, and fear is always with us. And I think we should we should not like fear is still over that. It's better we have some we do some precautions instead of uh, having the fear of the fear. Yeah, I was gonna say Yasser probably talked about this briefly. He said uh, it's a matter of targhib and tarheeb, uh, some things in the Quran that told me when that you know, talks talk about the rewards and there are some versions that just scare you yeah. with the purpose of scaring you. So yeah. I, I, again, it's like uh, there are some paintings which uh, uh, I've seen uh, from Buddhists or others also. I think we also had this painting maybe. I mean, going out and. Uh, being aware of that fact that this is there, man. you will have this fear kind of thing. You will have. We should also not just only about the fear, and we should know also about the oppression going on. We we should also know about the stuff like uh, like uh, sexuality problems. We should be aware of that. You cannot like run from that. Be aware of that, man. Even the awareness of uh, people talking uh, against you, like negatively against you, I mean, it it is also a problem. Man might affect you also and uh, it might be like uh, no, uh, knowing the things of consumption like all kinds of consumption which you see which you eat <coughs> is what we are and what we take is what uh, defines you and so it's not just about fear we are thinking about there are a lot of things we have to be mindful about I think that's why like Salah and being in Wadu and these things will make us like any have this like Taqwa and stay away, be protected with this and that's how we can be aware of the stuff not just only we yeah. are okay we are all the time <laughs> I think we uh, last same like uh, we had the camping uh, we had the lesson on gym uh, so we have the antidote uh, as uh, Tariq Bhai said that there is always antidote of fear so we have each and everything the main thing is do we know how to deal with it or not that's the thing you get to know yeah. be aware be aware of it don't go crazy just a slight tangent on the Sahabi Jinn. There's two different ways of pronouncing his name. In some narrations, it's Jindub, and the other is Jinda. But he was an old man who basically heard these ayat of leaving of Hijrah and he left. Although he was blind, old, and very weak, like he barely walked, so he actually was carried outside of Mecca. And he died, subhanAllah, on the like right out the outside of Mecca until the Sahaba they actually said oh miskeen you know I basically you know he didn't make it mm. and uh, you know the Prophet obviously told them on the contrary that no you know he's not and the lesson here is we are not rewarded for the results we're rewarded for our intentions and our effort and driving along the road it's a beautiful example of that right as long as you're on that road, the result doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you reach or not. And it's what's interesting is the Sahaba, some of them didn't understand this point, right? Which makes you also realize that they were human beings. They needed to also be corrected from time to time in the way they reacted to certain situations and the way they thought. You know? Very interesting. I think in this we have a great lesson like in the beginning we started with some Sahaba who, who were there who hiding things 
So for all of them, like for the practicing Muslims who are weak or who are strong, there is a lesson that these guys were the same like you, exactly. and they had the same weaknesses. It's 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 up to you. It's on your tawakkul. Mm -hmm. So it's also a motivation for us, mashallah, that on the like some some people they they say that uh, that Sahaba have done something which we cannot reach. So this is for you. Get motivated and do your best, and you will be next to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Inshallah. Alright, Jazakallah Khair, inshallah we'll continue the uh, discussion next week. Subhanakallah, alhamdulillah, nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka, natubu ilayk, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.